good day to be in the house and to hear the word of God. I got, I've got a good word today. Man, it's a good word. We've been talking um, for the last probably over a month now on your life you choose. And um, before I do that, anybody that was water baptized, um, was that last Sunday? Sunday before. Anybody that was water baptized two weeks ago, stand up. If you were water baptized, just stand to your feet where you're at. Okay, there, there, there. Anybody else? Oh, and back in the booth, yes. Good, 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 good. Just stay standing for a moment. Everybody just close your eyes just for a moment. Father, I thank you as each of these that are here today they're on this side of the, the baptism. They, they've come up out of the water. We're, we're living today, Father, on this side of what Jesus accomplished for us. And that baptism represented that. And Father, in each of these people, Father, there was a desire for greater things, greater victory, greater dominion over areas of their life. And today, Lord, as I continue to pray Ephesians 1 and 3, I pray Ephesians 3.20 and declare this over them. That to him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask or think, according to what's working in you. Father, I thank you for a deeper relationship, deeper intimacy, but the things that they came up out of that water believing in their lives are coming to pass. I declare it and I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, say amen and amen. Glory to God. Amen. I believe that for each one that was there. Something really strong in my spirit this week for all those who were baptized this last time. I, I mean, I, I have that same thing every time people are baptized, but really just felt like I was supposed to uh, tell you that and give you that verse of Scripture and you meditate on that and and. But I'm telling you, the things you came up believing for, they're coming to pass. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen and amen. So, we're in this series, Your Life You Choose. And uh, today I'm going to read a number of different translations in the scriptures that we're looking at. And I'm going to tell, <clears throat> I've got one passage that we're going to read another story in the Old Testament that relates to what we're talking about. But leading up to that, I want to look at the verses of Scripture, our foundation Scriptures, but I want to point out several things that I think are key about this series and what we're talking about. Your life, you choose. Your life, you choose. It's your life, and you have to choose life. You have to choose the things that create the destiny that God has already had planned for you that's out there for you. You have to choose that. So let's look at um, James 3 and 2, and and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the second verse in a couple of different, uh, in three different translations, so just bear with me. Um, Verse 2 in the New King James For we all stumble in many things, and if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. 
And in the New Living Translation, it says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Hmm. And then... Um, and then the message says this. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. Now, that doesn't really require a lot of commentary. Okay? Now, in the New King James, verse 5. So, so in verse... Three and four, he talks about a horse, the bit in a horse's mouth, and then he talks about the rudder of a ship. Both of them very small. And verse five, he says, even so the tongue and, and, and the bit and the rudder are what control the animal and the ship. They control them. Even so, the tongue. So the tongue is, con is in comparison here to the, the bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder of the ship. Even so, the tongue, a little member, and it boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is also set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. Well, that's the New King James, but I feel like that the, the New Living and the message both kind of give you a, a clear picture of what he's talking about here. In the New Living, in verse 5, in the same way as the ship and the horse, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. Now, the message translation here actually is really profound. And it's going to take us into the rest of what we're going to talk about today. A, uh, a, um, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account. But it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It can accomplish nearly anything or it can destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. 
Now, what is smoke the result of? Now, fire is the real thing, but the smoke is fake. It's kind of fake fire. So when you see smoke, you know there's a fire. But smoke can just kind of get in the way. You, you ever tried to cook something and smoke is all in your face? Sometimes the flame will jump up and like singe the head, the top of your hair. I, I had an uncle that that happened. He was cooking barbecue one time and, the, and it singed the top of his hair. Yeah. But, but smoke will get in your eyes and it's like you can't see. Smoke is a distraction. And words coming out of people's mouths about other people is a distraction and it'll do exactly what the scripture just said. I don't, I don't have to go on and on and on about that. I'm telling you, if there's stuff coming out of your mouth about other people, you're ruining the world. <clears throat> Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. The message in Proverbs 20, uh, 18, 21 says, Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. What does it say? You choose. That's what the Scripture says. You choose. Words kill Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Your life, you choose. You want to produce fruit, you choose. You want to see life manifested through you, you choose. You don't want to see it, you choose. First Peter 3 and verse 8. And I'm going to read this in the... In the the new living and the message both. <clears throat> and I'm going to show you something here that I believe is, the, is a supernatural key only to somebody that gets it. You can hear it and go right over your head and you won't think anything about it. But there's a supernatural key here that will cause your life to harvest things that you've longed for for years and years and years. 1 Peter 3.8 In the New Living. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted, and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. Everybody say, that's my calling. I'm going to say it again, it's your calling. But you have to choose it. It's your calling to bless and not curse. And he's not talking about speaking cuss words. It's talking about you having an opinion of everything and everybody on planet earth and that opinion getting you in major trouble. And watch this. And he will grant you a blessing when you bless. Look at the, at the message here. Summing up, 
1 Peter 3, 8 and 9 in the message. Summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, what? Bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and also you'll get a blessing. One translation says you'll inherit a blessing. Now, I'm going to give you some familiar scriptures. I'm going to tell you something today that is the key to your harvest. Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And he said, prove me that I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing, that there's not room enough to receive, and I'll rebuke the devourer on your behalf, and nations will call you blessed. I'm telling you today that, that having the windows of heaven open, and that's not just in a financial realm, that's in every realm. Every realm. Where does that come from? You, you connect bringing the tithe with purpose and speaking blessing and not cursing all the days of your life equals harvest. Bringing the tithe, honoring God, because all you're doing is you're honoring God with what belongs to Him. It's not something that you, you can't, if you're fighting over that, bringing the tithe in your head, then, then don't do it until you, you're convinced that, that that's, it's God's. It belongs to Him. But it's not enough to bring the tithe because if you're speaking, you're speaking out of your mouth cursings over other people. And, you know, and, and the way you curse other people is just having an opinion about somebody, especially somebody that's done you wrong. And, I'm gonna, and you say, yeah, but Pastor, you, you don't know. Well, I'm, just, I'm sorry, but I'm going to confirm it in about six verses of Scripture. I mean, I can't tell you that and then not back it up with words. So, I'm, so what did I just say? You bring the tithe and you get your mouth straight and you'll harvest perpetually all the days of your life. You will inherit the blessing. Why? Because He already put it out there for us. He's given us that. Romans 12 and 14. Well, Pastor, I'll, I'll do that blessing thing, but not with this person. Okay. Okay. Romans 12, 14, New Living Translation. Bless those who love you. Mm. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Ha! What? Hello. Pray that God will bless them. Now they deserve this. We all deserve hell. That's why I've been teaching you and talking to you about for the last couple of years the importance of praying Ephesians 1 and 3 and creating, creating groups of people that you speak those prayers over. Why? Because it gets you off of yourself and over onto other people. And I promise you, my lists of people that I pray for on a day, I, I, I can't miss. Paul said, I can't not pray for you. If I'm going to teach you this, if I'm going to tell you this, I can't not pray for you. Because prayer is the key 
to a person being liberated in their life. Not the word they hear, it's the prayer that goes on after that. I mean, it is the word, but not just the word. It's the prayer that goes on after that when we pray Ephesians 1. I do not cease to make mention of this in my prayer, that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give to all those at gates a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. The eyes of their understanding are being opened and enlightened. They may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance as a child of God, and what the surpassing greatness of His power is to each one of you as you believe the Word of God. I say that over you every day and I don't miss. If I'm just going to haphazardly do that and miss, I might as well not do this. This is life and death. Life and death is in you becoming convinced of what you say out of your mouth, especially to people that curse you. Especially at people. You have no room. I don't care what they do to you to curse them. Now, I'm not talking about people that physically abuse you. Okay? People that physically abuse you, you have to get away. But God could still, even when you're protected from that, He could still tell you, I want you to bless them. We're talking God. You're not talking me. Oh, man. If I told you all the visions and the night dreams I've had of taking certain people out, I mean, I, you know, where, where that, that didn't come from God, but it came to my mind. Hmm? I'm telling you, I could hurt some people. Hmm? No, you don't live like that. You don't cast that stuff down. That anger thing will come out in you. You may not you know, take some weapon and shoot somebody and take someone out, but with your words, you will. Oh, yeah. With your words, you'll take people out. When my children were little, when my daughters were little, my wife and I would never have conversations around them about other people. Never. And the longer we've gone, we've realized, I mean, she and I might have had conversations about other people, and we had to get those things straight also, but we didn't want to put that on them. A lot of people put that on their kids and everybody around them. I promise you, everybody around you will be affected by what comes out of your mouth. It's your life. You have the opportunity to choose, but I'm giving you the information to help you get correct in the way you look at it. Just remember this. The, uh, I, think the, I think the verse of Scripture is Ephesians 6, 8. I think it is. You don't have that, do you? I don't, I don't think I gave you that. Ephesians 6, 8, I think, says, any good thing that a person does to someone else, he'll receive that back from the Lord. God never forgets something that you do that you don't want to do. God never forgets you blessing people that have done you wrong. Listen to me. If there are people doing you wrong, they're doing other people wrong. You know what they need? They need some blessing 
They need some word being spoken over them to clear their minds up because there's nobody on planet earth that was created evil. Evil comes from the devil himself. He makes people evil because people don't know God. You know God, you get the devil off of you, and great things happen. You, you ever seen testimonials of people that, that, I mean, murdered people? I mean, bludgeoned people to death. They get to prison, took about 16, 17, I'm thinking of a couple that I've watched, that took 16, 17 years for them to get to the death penalty. And in that 16, 17-year period of time, they genuinely got born again. You saw those people before and you saw what happened to them and what they did and their actions were a result of being full of the devil. They got born again and got the devil out of them, off of them, and then what happened? Things begin to change. Does that change in this life the consequences? Not in most cases. It doesn't change the consequences. I saw testimony of two people, I mean, with smiles on their face that were, faces that were getting injections and dying, being taken out because of what they did to other people. Saying that they knew God had forgiven them, but they understood that people couldn't. I mean, amazing testimonials there before God today. See, even what they did, even how horrible it is and how they hurt other people, that's the God that forgives. And, and at times when people do things or they say things or they treat us in certain ways, only the God in, inside of me can forgive that person. Only Him. And it doesn't start with feeling like you want to forgive them. It starts by what you declare and say. Can you say amen to that? Proverbs 13. And verse 3 confirms what I've just been saying. Those who, this is in the New Living Translation, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Again, not a lot of commentary needed. Proverbs 18.7, New Living Translation. The mouths of fools are their ruin. And I'll just say that Ecclesiastes defines a fool as a person of many words. The mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Proverbs 12 and 6 in the New Living Translation. The words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush. But the words of the godly <laughs> saves lives when you clean your mouth up it saves lives and I'm not talking about cleaning your mouth up with cuss words I think God Is more acceptable of a dam or a hell every once in a while than he is of people that put their mouths on other people. And I just said dam or hell, so I mean. You know. I mean, when it all boils down, it's what 
What, what pleases him? Most of the cuss words that slip out of our mouths are usually during times of anger. If you're working on it. You're trying to kind of clean up your language or whatever. Most of the time they come out out of anger. So it's like you're shooting someone or it's like you're slapping somebody, you're trying to hurt somebody with your mouth and that's what you're doing. Actually, the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That, that, the devil made that up, I promise you. Because words are everything. They're everything. I mean, the longer I live in God, I mean, words and what I say, man, what comes out of my mouth, it's everything. It's everything. I mean, I used to talk all the time. I just don't talk a lot anymore. There's not a whole lot to say unless I'm speaking the word or talking good about somebody. can't tell you how many times I'll just say this week thinking about it thinking about what I'm going to preach today I can't tell you how many times this week that I was going to tell my wife something and I just said no I'm not saying it no or, or there's times that I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll come and I'll, I'll tell her you know what I'm not talking about that anymore I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to discuss that situation anymore because I'm not putting it out there because what your words do is it places you. If you believe in God and you believe that there's really a devil, he's not omnipresent, doesn't know your thoughts, but he can sure hear your words. Proverbs 21, uh, uh, Proverbs, well, we've got to read 12.6 again. The words of the wicked are like a, like a murderous ambush. There's a lot to that, I can't talk about it now. But, but the words of the godly save lives. We're in the life-saving business by what we say. Life and death are in the power of what you say for your life and for those around you. You don't realize how your life is affected or how, you, how your life affects everybody around you. And you say amen. Proverbs 21, 23. <clears throat> Watch your words. This is in the message. Proverbs 21, 23 in the message. Watch your words and hold your tongue. You're, you'll save yourself a lot of grief. Just telling you what the Word says. Just telling you what God says about these things. And it's vital. Listen to me. Words matter. They've always mattered and they always will matter. They matter. Words matter today and every day and forever. Words just matter. And we can't take it lightly. And words have mattered all through Scripture. And and. I like, to, I like to read something, uh, you know, a story in the Bible that drives my point home, but you have, when you read something Old Testament, you've got to fit it into New Testament because principles are different. So I'm going to read the story, and uh, this is found in uh, Numbers 20 and verse 1, and it's, uh, 
and it'd be good for you to go back and read. I'm going to read the, the, the first 13 verses. And it's about Moses and the children of Israel. And to this point, Moses has been through some stuff with this, with this cantankerous bunch of people. Literally. And he's been through some things and frustrated and angry and upset at times. He had to control himself and pull himself back. He even had to, you know, kind of put the brakes on God once. Uh, but some stuff has happened. But they're still, at this point, they're still going into the promised land. Before chapter 20. Moses would like to eradicate chapter 20. But before chapter 20 here in Numbers, they're still all going into the promised land. So let's read the story. Then the children of Israel, just reading this in the New King James. Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now, Miriam was one of the the leaders of, of, of rebellion, and then she repented of it. She dealt with herself somewhat. But she was one of the leaders of rebellion against the authority as, as, as they were trying to accomplish the things that they were from, from Egypt to the Promised Land. And at this point, out there where they were, uh, Miriam dies. And... Um, now, there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron, the people out there, and the people contended again. Remember, I mean, he's been through all the complaining during the ten manifestations and miracles that happened in Egypt. He, he, he listened to all their mess. He listened to all the mess at the Red Sea when the Red Sea is there and here come the Egyptian army and all this kind of stuff. I mean, at this point, they're, eat, they're already eating manna. Uh, water has been an issue before that. Uh, I mean, it's just been complaining after complaint. Instead of being grateful and thankful for the release of the bondage that they were in, and not only the release of the bondage, but all the riches of Egypt are in their hands. They're wealthy, they're healthy, their clothes haven't worn out, everything's in a good place, and all they're doing is complaining. I'm just telling you this. You don't get rid of the things I'm talking about today. You don't get rid of that through a daily routine of the Word of God. You don't renew your mind. You can get wealthy and still complain. You can get well in your body and still talk ugly about people. You think, yeah, you know, I bet there's just a lot of pressure on me because, you know, if I wasn't under the financial stress or whatever. Well, I just gave you the secret for that. If you bring the tithe into the storehouse and you've not seen manifestation, check your mouth. You check your mouth and you connect your mouth and tithing and giving and sowing. I tell you what, there lies the answer. I mean, there lies the answer to some amazing manifestation. But I can tell you right now, you don't get rid of this and nothing can change in your life. You don't get rid of this. And so, and so the people contended with Moses and they spoke saying, if we had only... If we, if we had died with our brethren and died before the Lord, why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? 
them and their animals. And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Why have you made us come? Did you see anywhere in Scripture where Moses was twisting anybody's arm to come out? What's happened is they've had, they've had a brain freeze. And they've all of a sudden, they've only been out there for a little portion of time, and all of a sudden, now they're forgetting how bad the last four to five hundred years were. And it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible. There was no, there was, there was no, no vision. None of them had vision. None of them had a destiny. They were told what way it was going to be, and they're in bondage, and, and I mean, it's food and water, and that's about all you get, and you're making money for other people, and there's, there, there's no future in their life whatsoever, and here they are complaining. Then look what he says. And why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It's not a place of grains and figs or vines or pomegranates. Who told them that it would be that? First, God did. Now they're blaming Moses for what God told them. It's a land of all these things and a whole lot more. It's not a land like that, nor is, it, nor is there anything to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. How many times do you think Moses had been to that door? Huh? Complaining a bunch of... I've got to watch my mouth. I can't, I can't even talk about those people of the past. And they fell on their faces, Moses and Aaron did. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. They had taken the rod many times and all kinds of things happened. Speak to the rock. Everybody say, speak to the rock. What does the rock represent to us today? That rock represents what's not happening. Speak to the situation that's not happening in your life. What you, where you don't see water, where you don't see manifestation, begin to change what you're saying and speaking. He said, speak to the rock. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly. You know, when I read that, I, actually when I was reading that in another translation, it said, and Moses found the rod and did what God commanded him to do. It's kind of like, eh, where's that stinking thing? Okay. Get the rod. Should have had a rod up here. Got his rod, and he's kind of looking around, and God made him do it. He commanded him to do it. You're going to go do that. You're going to speak to the rock. Yeah, okay. Go speak to that stupid rock. So Moses took the rod from before, uh, before the Lord as he had commanded him, and Moses said to Aaron, gather the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, 
I'm just, I'm just laughing now because you have to be able to laugh. Amen? Here now, you rebels, you bunch of cusses. Bunch of worthless, I'm out here. I mean, I'm spending the, my, my, the last years of my life out here with a, you bunch of worthless people. And I mean, can you, can you, I'm, I'm saying what can come out of you in times when you're so angry and frustrated. You rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Must we? Oh, so now all these miracles are because of Moses. Then Moses lifted his hand and he struck the rock twice. Did God tell him to do that? No. And water came out abundantly and and did God tell him to call them a bunch of rebels? Absolutely not. And the water came out abundantly because of the mercy of God and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes, to honor me and to reverence me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Then was the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was hallowed among them. They honored him and thanked him for what came out of the rock, But God told Moses and Aaron, you guys aren't going in. You ever thought about poor Aaron? I mean, Moses is the one complaining. But I promise you, that complaint got to Aaron. And whether Aaron's heart was right or not, it got bad because of what was coming out of Moses. And what happened? They didn't enter into the promises. How does that relate to you and I today? I'm telling you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you what God's given me. I'm telling you this today. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. How many times have you ever read that story, you thought about that story, and you think, I mean, okay, so he hits the rock and he's a little perturbed. I'm telling you today this. You and I are forgiven before we make mistakes because of the blood of Jesus. It wasn't that way with them. But I'll tell you this. God is just and God honors his word. And if you and I don't clean these kind of things up, we'll continue to get the same kind of results that Moses got here where we will not enter into the things that God has promised us. If I stay with my mouth on other people, you can be a tither, you can be a seed sower, you can tithe 20%, which tithe means a tenth part, so I don't know why you would. But you could tithe 20%. You could give half of your, 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 your life away. You give 90% and live off of 10. And you keep your mouth on other people, and you will not step into the blessings of God. That's what they did here. That's what this story represents. And I'm just telling you today, thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy and for the blood of Jesus for all of us, myself included, all of us in the room, everybody on planet Earth. 
because all of us deserve hell. But he didn't create hell for you and I. He created hell for the devil and demons. He didn't want one of us to perish. So we've come into the kingdom, but we don't want to live like we're living in hell on earth. We want to live embracing and receiving the blessing of heaven and the empowerment of God. And that comes, the, the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Say, I'm rich. And you will live your life rich if you honor God with the tithe, you understand seed time and harvest, and you change what you say over other people. Now, some years went by, and in the book of Deuteronomy, I always consider the book of Deuteronomy as the last will and testament of, uh, of Moses to the next generation that was going in. A lot of really good things in there. And in in Deuteronomy 3 and verse 23, read this. This is just New King James. I've got this and one more passage in Deuteronomy and I'm done. Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, this is Moses, O Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. This This is after all of this. This is as they're out in the wilderness for all those years. This is before he died and before they went into the promised land. For for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan. Those pleasant mountains in Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account. Now notice, He's telling this to the children of Israel. He's telling this to Joshua and the people there. What he's getting over to them is how important that obedience to what God says is on a day-to-day basis. How we learn how to be obedient to the things of God. He said, but the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me, so the Lord said to me, Enough of that, speak no more to me concerning this matter. God didn't want to hear any more of it. You're not going in. The promises of God to you and I are yes and amen. They're not sometimes and when it looks like they're yes and amen. And they're at our disposal to choose them. I just gave you today a recipe for the blessing of God being on your life all the days of your life, your finances, your marriage, your future marriage, your children, your health, your peace, your joy. There's no end. This, what I shared with you today, is the recipe for God's blessing remaining on your life. The difference on this side of the cross is that you can mess up 951 times and there's 952 opportunities to be forgiven. No, you know, there's just a time when God's going to just, He's going to just pull it out and just say, no more of that. Well, If he's going to say that, then he's going to have to show us that because on this side of the cross, 
until this dispensation of time is over with? God's in the heart-changing business. And what I've been teaching you about for the last, all, all year long, about developing a routine in God's Word, you have to have that routine in the Word to change the way that you think so you can change what you say. You will never stop talking ugly about other people, putting your mouth on other people, until you change the way you think. That's what, that's what a daily routine in God's Word, like I gave you those sheets and those confessions, those are just a few of the things that I speak over myself every day. You have to be speaking them over yourself before you're going to really be effectively speaking them over other people. You'll say things over other people for a season, especially if something bad's going on. But about two weeks in, maybe three, you know, the real troopers, maybe a month, you'll just give up. Out of sight, out of mind, frustrated, whatever. But when you're renewing that, your mind with it, and you're strong in it, man, all of a sudden, you may not even feel like speaking something over somebody, and all of a sudden, you get into that word, it just takes over. It literally takes over. And, and, Moses didn't enter in, but I'm telling you what, you and I have the opportunity to enter in in every area of our life, but it's our choice. And where do we get that from? Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. And I'm going to read this in the, in the New Living Translation. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19 and 20. <clears throat> So remember, Moses is giving this to the children of Israel, and I'm giving it to you today through the blood of Jesus. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life. <laughs> this is a guy that's not going in. He could have just crawled up under a juniper tree somewhere and just said, forget this. No, he sees the next generation. They're going in, and they're going to get it. They're not going to screw it up like I did. They're going to get a hold of this thing, and it's going to go deep in their heart, and it's, and it's not going to destroy a whole nation and, and a whole group of people. I'm telling you, you and I have the ability. One individual person can save a whole nation. A whole nation. I don't know how. But God says it can. All he needs is one. Just one. Just one person that will do it. One person that will stay faithful. One person that won't compromise. And that non-compromised life will just get off on other people. I don't know about you, but what I've realized living for God, there's nothing fast. Dang it. Hmm? And yet, we live in a fast-paced life that wants everything. I mean, People are ready to shoot people when they have to, when, when, when they're in the McDonald's drive-through for more than ten minutes. Take them out. I, I read a story about it the other day in California. Some guy shot at somebody because they took too long in the drive-through. This ain't a drive-through deal. This is a relationship thing, and that's what God's after—is a real relationship. Can you say Amen? He said. Man, that heaven and earth to witness 
the choice that you make. Oh, he said, oh, that you would choose life. But what's he saying? It's your choice. Oh, that you'd choose to clean your mouth up and take your mouth off of other people. Oh, that you'd choose to do what God says to do. But it's your choice. So that you and your descendants and your children and your family and the world that you live in might live. How much power do you and I have? I'm telling you, it starts with this. That's where it starts. Because until you change what you say to change what you think, you'll never change what you say. That's got to be your motive. And if you've been sitting around here for very long, especially this year, if you've been sitting around here this year, you've gotten that. Because that's been the whole agenda this year. The doors of opportunity are open, but it's our choice. And if you don't change what you say, you'll never change what you think, and you will end up like Moses and the rest of the children of Israel not entering in. Yeah, but Pastor, I tied. Yeah, but I did this. Yeah, but I did this thing and that. Yeah, but you didn't change what you said. I'm just telling you, I couldn't let the year go by and not make sure you got this. And you got it deep in your heart. And now, not only have I put it out there, but I pray for you every day. And so, it's kind of like, you know, the hounds of heaven are after you. I mean, not really, because you steal your choice, but we're giving you every opportunity because the prayers on top of the word are producing the results. And I'm seeing the results produced in lots of people. I've not seen manifestation in the lives of other people like I have this year in my whole life. No exaggeration. You can, you're, I always have my wife around me so that I don't exaggerate. But I'm not an exaggerator. I have nothing to exaggerate about because if you open your mouth in exaggeration, you're just shooting your own self in the foot. I've never seen a year of manifestations and it's because of what I'm praying. It's not because I'm praying, it's because of what's being prayed. I'm not the answer for someone else's deliverance. Jesus is the answer. But if we don't put the words out there and we don't pray and we don't do what we're talking about today, it won't just happen. We'll end up being on the receiving end of what Moses received and everybody 20 years and older that didn't go into the promised land. Moses' action affected all those complaining unbelievers. The story we just read, that's when they all didn't go in. Because of Moses' disobedience, not doing it the way God said to do it. And I'm just telling you today, this is the way God's saying to do it. I'm going to finish this and I'm done. <clears throat> oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, by obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Are we not on the receiving end of Father Abraham? 
of the covenant that God made with Abraham, are we not on the receiving end of that? See, what I'm telling you today is this. You're not going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. You're not going to do it. I'm just telling you right now, you will not do that 100% every single day. So what does that mean? It means you up front need to be forgiven, not to go and just mess up anyway and not love Him. But the way we, the way we begin to hit the mark of doing that is by changing the way that we think, by changing what we say. And it will not happen any other way because I'm, for 40 plus years I've looked in every direction trying to get it some other way and it only happens this way. And that means it doesn't change till I change. This is, you know, living for God, does God want us blessed and prosperous? Absolutely. But blessing and prosperity is not some game or some little magic trick or something. You throw some money out there and you get, you get a harvest or whatever. No, no, no. All God's trying to do with the money situation is get us not to trust money, but to trust Him. That's what tithing is about. I mean, if God was after the money, He wouldn't have you tied 10%. The tithe would be defined as 90%. Because God wants your money. No. Sowing seed, it's not about trying to get something from people. It's trying to get something to them. And all of that is just to get free of the love of money show your love for God and at the same time if we're learning about that and getting that real in our heart as we're learning about getting our mouths off of people it's just a matter of days for you to see things in your life when you make a decision I'm not saying that again I got a magazine in the mail two days ago, three days ago. And uh, it's a magazine I get all the time. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just saying this to my family. I'm saying this to you. Uh, I, I got to drive this point home. I get this magazine in the mail. It's a sports magazine. And the guy on the front cover isn't even in that sport. And over the last few years, I've disliked that guy because of things he said about different people, about our president, about different ones. I mean, just, just, talk, just kind of venomous talk. I used to like the guy, and I, I haven't liked him. And uh, my whole family knows that I don't like him because I've stated that I don't like this guy. You know what? Probably never meet the guy in my whole life. It has nothing to do. I'm not even telling you who it is and what magazine it is. Because it really doesn't matter because it has nothing to do with him. It has something to do with what I've said about him. So you can clean yourself. You can begin to clean up what you say about people around you. But that won't clean up until you clean up everything. And I'm just saying to my family today, anything I've ever said about this person or anybody else 
just because you just have a preference, you know. Oh, I hate those Vikings. Ah, they just play so mean and so ugly. There's, they just, they, 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 there's so many penalties in the game. That, you know, they're just, they're just so blah. Depends on what you want. God wants us to clean it all up. But listen to me, what I'm telling you is, on the other side of the cleanup, when it becomes something that's real in the heart, is the blessing. I was created to inherit the blessing. But you'll never inherit the blessing if you don't give the blessing. And you don't clean this thing up with everything that you say. How many were in the church when I did a 30-day challenge on every ugly thing you say? How many been in the, were in the church at the time? Handful of people. I just, I encourage you to do it. Write down every negative thing you say about any person every single day. And when I did the challenge to the people, I mean, I thought I was good. You know, I'm looking out at the people thinking, you guys need to clean this mess up. But I'll just do it anyway, just to do it with you. I couldn't believe how many things like what I was just saying that I would do. And that was probably 15 years ago. And every once in a while, I'll say something. I'll let something come out of my mouth about like this guy on the front of... How in the world did that guy get on the front of a magazine that I have? Because God said, you know what? You need to bless him and curse him not. And you need to speak the blessing based on what I just shared with you. Man, I've been speaking the blessing over that guy for the last four days, three days. Not going to trip me up. I'm not living this life not in the blessing of God. I'm a tither and I'm a seed sower and have been for all those years because I want to be. But I've sabotaged my life at different times by things that I say out of my mouth and how I curse other people. Or just said things. Just what I'm saying, it's not just cussing about somebody. It's just speaking negative about people's lives. People that deserve, in your mind, what you think needs to happen. Those are the ones you've got to bless and curse not. Can you say amen?